0: I guess I have this question about like, is the self-made man thing a myth or is it just kind of misunderstood? When you say
1: self-made man, meaning is there, and this is what I'm hearing you, tell me if this is kind of what you mean, mm-hmm. is there uh, how much of success comes from uh, skill versus luck? Is that uh, along the lines, something similar to what you're asking
0: about? In a way, about? too, but also, like, the, the means that someone might have. Um, so, for example, like, if someone is born into a kind of wealthy family, uh, they might be more likely to achieve a certain level of success rather than someone who has to, quote-unquote, pull themselves up by their bootstraps.
1: Well, I guess I guess it kind of depends on how you're defining success, in my opinion, because if you're defining mm-hmm. success as having a lot of money, right, then they probably are going to be more successful. But if you're defining mm. success as uh, an ability to deal with adverse scenarios, I think for sure it's going to be the person who did not have those means. So, you know, I just finished watching uh, Undercover Billionaire. Have you heard of that uh, show, the video? I haven't. So it's actually a reality. Uh, it's, it's a real life show, and I don't. I'm not a hundred percent certain about the origins of who started it or who uh, who in- initiated the, the the show. But from my understanding, Discovery Channel wanted to do a show on somebody. And that's about all I know about exactly what Discovery was looking at. What I do know, though, is that Discovery ended up doing this show about a person named Glenn Stearns. And Glenn Stearns, he went through a lot of uh, did it was not did not grow up with means. Uh, he, uh, you know, he had a child when he was fourteen years old. Uh, he, you know, I think he was voted the least likely to succeed. I don't know exactly what that was, you know, where that was at, <laughs> high school or something. But he ended up building a solid business uh, in the loan, the mortgage industry, and ended up selling it. So he's actually a billionaire—not a millionaire, but a billionaire. Mm. And but he he heard from uh, from people that, or you know, oh, he questioned for himself how much of his success was due to luck versus how much of it was due to uh, really some skill that he had picked up. So yeah. He somehow got a hold of Discovery Channel, and they decided they, he was going to do a. He was going to challenge himself. They they were up to videotaping him, to making a video about it. And he was going to challenge himself, so he changed his last name to Glenn Bryant, which actually was his middle name. And they discovered they were going to drop him off in some city somewhere that he really he didn't he had no idea where we, where he was going to get dropped off, and he only had one hundred dollars in his pocket. And they gave him also a pickup truck that he could drive as well. So he goes from being worth over a billion dollars, taking a helicopter off his private uh, yacht, <laughs> getting on his private plane, getting dropped off to a place called Erie, Pennsylvania. And, and then so this, is a, I just finished it. It's an eight-part series, uh, sorry, eight, eight episodes in, in the first series. And he basically had, gives himself the challenge where he has to make a business worth one million dollars in 90 days and if he fails at that even by one cent then he's going to pump one million dollars of his own cash into that business so basically he you know gives himself some sort of limit so you know I think that you know there's a lot of, of ability for you know a person for success and a person there's a lot of you know if success is defined as monetary wealth, which in mm-hmm. many ways, it, it in society it's you know the ability you know, when somebody gives you their hard earned money, their hard earned cash for something, some sort of service or product that you can provide them that in a way does is at least part of, perhaps even a large part of a definition of success, our definition, societal definition, but it is a definition of success. Money is very helpful helpful in society to survive, to pay rent, different things. Um, so I think that it is something that can be learned, is learned, uh, can be learned, and, uh, and that it's... So what was the question again? How, how do we define, not how do we define success? I'm getting carried away with the, with the whole, the whole movie that sure. I just, just
0: saw that super excited about. The, I guess the notion of the self-made man or pulling oneself up by their bootstraps.
1: And, and I think that it's definitely, you know, definitely doable. Um, I think it's a lot harder than people think. Um, and I think that, Probably for myself, one of the main uh, main areas that I am, uh, I guess, struggling in, or focusing and trying to focus in, focusing in really is uh, the di- aspect of discipline. And I may have mentioned this this previously, but the, just discipline itself is a is something that is for me, or that I think is all encompassing, because you can be disciplined at anything at so many things, right? So you can be disciplined at exercising and working out. You can be disciplined at spending time, you know, just how you delegate your time designate your time. Are Are you going to spend time with your family? When are you going to spend time with your family? Are you going to spend time working on social media? Are you going to spend time working on your music? When are you going to spend time working on your music? When are you going to spend time working on the podcast? So just there are so many things that can take over our entire day that the day can just go by and we can end up whatever age that we did not imagine before we accomplished a, a fraction of what we really thought we would accomplish by that age. So I think that by being disciplined and we're able to put into, as myself, put into the schedule what we want to accomplish and then sticking to that, whether or not we feel like it or not, that's going to be a huge factor. You know, then we turn around a year later, if we spend three. 365 days or 200 days or whatever it is, working on one particular thing that we set out initially to to work on, then we definitely, uh, we're going to see some tremendous growth. Um, And so in terms of, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, um, I think that discipline is a huge factor in it because sometimes we feel like doing something and other times we don't feel like doing it. So if we're disciplined and doing those items that we know to be it, towards our goal working towards our goal then ultimately we're going to uh you know it's going to that that's that i think that we're going to see ourselves really making headway making inroads and that's kind of what i, I view as pulling this stuff up by the bootstraps
0: mm-hmm. yeah although i do feel like there are differences in i guess the the counter argument would be like how much time Is actually allotted And so it's like You can be very disciplined But if there's not Enough time allotted In your schedule Then You may not be able to Even Do any of the things That you feel so disciplined And uh, Motivated to do And so it's like Maybe Someone who Grew up wealthy Again sort of this disparity Of The Someone born to rich parents Versus someone uh, Pulling themselves up pulling themselves up from nothing is like someone who grows up wealthy may have the ability and the time to kind of be disciplined in those things and develop those skills in a way that maybe someone who didn't have uh, a whole lot of means growing up to be able to kind of have those skills develop maybe at a at a sooner point in their life or whatever it might be
1: yeah i i I, I totally hear what you're saying and so just to kind of uh uh, explore that point a little bit um because i didn't really didn't really compare that the idea of discipline to somebody let's say who has uh you know has has a lot of a lot of means um and and i think the idea with discipline is that you know, even with somebody, even for somebody with me, I think it's such a, you know, can people learn a discipline? Yes, I think so. And so somebody mm-hmm. perhaps that has the right education uh, or the right, is in the right environment, uh, either from their parents or from the school, let's say, I don't know, uh, you know, Harvard or Yale, if they teach a discipline or not. Um, or sometimes, you know, people, you know, if their parents just have it, doesn't they don't necessarily have to Teach it to their children, but the children might just see it and it just might just pick it up. Um, but yeah, so so the, I mean, so let's just take two scenarios, right? If you have somebody who you know has to you know at, at a young age, at you know 14 years old, has to go and work in the field or work anywhere in McDonald's, or 16 years old, and they have to you know they're working at a at a minimum wage, and they're doing that because the parents need them to go to work because they have to pay their rent. Um, you know, yeah, that person is going to have probably a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more difficulty and struggles in just the time, like you're mentioning, the time that's a lot of them, uh, the time that they have to work on other skills and other areas, um, and then repose. Right. but at the same time,
0: they would, they would have a lot more discipline because they'd be able to kind of know that, oh, whenever I leave school, I then go to work. And those are skills that maybe someone who has a lot of means wouldn't. Uh, and so like, yeah, someone who grows up rich or something might just go home and smoke weed or something stupid. <laughs> not that smoking is right. stupid so that, necessarily, but.
1: <laughs> right, but if that's all they're doing and they're not being, right. you know, they're not, you know, thinking about the future, then yeah, that, you know, that, that I don't think that would be very smart, um, you know, so you know, I, so I think that that kind of you know drills down the point, right? That that uh, doesn't matter in in some ways how a person is brought up, whether they're brought up with means or not. At least in terms of having discipline, because somebody could be brought up with a lot of money and have the discipline because they see it around them, or because they take they take an initiative, or because they had the time to learn it, or they learn it. Um, but somebody could also be brought up with a lot of money and not and sort of just say you know i'm 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 chill i'm fine i've got all i've got everything i need why would i have why would i want to work hard for um, so that could be and then you can also have somebody you know who doesn't have any means right and and so they they could see you know what I want to get up there I want you know they see people who have money and they say I want to, I want to work hard there's no reason why they should have it and I can't have it I just it's just about it you know I can work hard but you can also have those people that are like blaming everybody else too so you know oh uh, you know i I don't have the right you know I don't have the right uh, resources I don't have this I don't have that you know there's no way for me to do it I'm doomed and so then they could also you know not sort of get depressed and not not even try anymore. Um, So I think that, you know, uh, in terms of, I guess, statistically speaking, if success is defined by the amount of money, for sure, people who have more money, money stays in the family, right? That's just the way it generally, you know, it generally works. Somebody owns property, they pass it down through whatever methods that are are allowed legally. Um, And so there is that reality, if that is how success is defined. And like I said, you know, I do believe that that is a large portion, in a large way that success is defined. But I think that there are opportunities, um, albeit it's going to be harder in some ways. Um, but just as, a, as an aside, right, uh, that I've heard that you know it's like a muscle, right? Success is like a muscle. And that kind of brings the point home to how Glenn Stearns was able to recreate their business. Um, and I won't say whether or not he hit that million-dollar mark or not, but he did some things that were very amazing and you know things that he was able to recreate what he did in some ways what he had did what he had uh, we previously did and that's because he already has that experience he knows how to do certain things he knows how to bring a team together he knows how to find an idea pick an idea choose an idea and build a team around it and work towards creating that business that reality to make it valuable to bring to make people want to be invested inside of it. So so it's like a muscle. So in um, that sense, the person who doesn't grow up with means has an advantage because the person who does not grow up with means and is able to find even small successes, I would say, even small successes, they're able to reproduce that. And they're a lot more resilient than somebody who grows up without, um, than somebody who grows up without the, uh, the you know, without those means, it doesn't have to do that. So, so you know, so I think, I think that, you know, one of the keys to anybody, rich or poor, wealthy or not, in society is to work on just trying to be the best that we can be, to better ourselves, to work on our discipline in doing that, and then building off of that. So, whatever, taking you know, taking steps forward, um, and and for you know and. and for myself, you know, financial, financial, financially building the business is not about making the money. I think, right? It's not, not so much about making the money. It's about being able to impact a large number of people, right? So the more, the 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 wider, the more people that we can impact, that we can. Give to that we can provide something of value to. That I think is really what's going to define success, and that can be done at any level, right? I mean, yes, it's going to be easier if somebody's working at McDonald's. You know what? Maybe they can impact people there at McDonald's too, right? They can, you know, they can smile, they can give excellent service, they can, you know, they can impact every. You know, McDonald's has lots of people going through it, right? Um, but, but yeah, but I, I do, I do realize that it would be more difficult if somebody has less time. Um, but I think that that is really how I would define success, is really just an ability to uh, to share something, to give people something of value, which could be a
0: whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that, um, I mean, kind of the further question surrounding that is is sort of the, it seems as though, like statistic, statistically speaking, the... The amount of social mobility has been decreasing in the United States and sort of this this idea of the American dream has sort of been falling away. And that more more so that like because uh, social mobility has been decreasing, because the uh, wealth gap has been uh, increasing statistically, it does seem as though like the American dream is sort of falling away. But I don't know, it it's kind of weird because like from from my point of view, being an immigrant, I kind of see both sides of that in that I'm kind of an example of the American dream, but it's also like I can look around and see all of the other examples that are contrary to that and kind of. I don't know, it's it's interesting and, and this whole discussion surrounding it is sort of like I guess just the, the, the bigger question being, is the American dream dead?
1: <laughs> so, so, so let me, let me preface this a little bit, um, by just kind of, uh, giving a little bit of background about my, uh, um, what's it called? My social, um, uh, what's the word? Social experience, social education, social awareness, right? Um, so I, in my high school, I'm not sure if I mentioned this previously, but my high school uh, was very, uh, very much to the left um, mm. of the political spectrum. Um, the past uh, 10 years or so, my circle has gone more to the center and more to the right uh, politically. politically. And, you know, and there are different reasons for that. But part of that, you know, the the difference between the left and the right, from what I've seen, right? I consider myself very, you know, I'm sure everybody thinks thinks they're balanced and center, um, and everybody, anybody who's more to the left is way to the left. Everybody's more to the right is way to the right. Um, but but I, you know, I I think of I think of myself anyway. So so. You know, one of the main differences that I see in that political spectrum on the left and the right is going to be, as it relates to to economics, right? How you view business and economics. So, I'm just prefacing it a little bit uh, to kind of, you know, full disclosure, share that I, you know, that uh, that right now my community tends to lean more to the right, the community that I'm in, um, but I do have that experience that uh, that that it was 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 uh, was on the left, um, but so you know, in terms of social, you know, I think, I I honestly, for myself, I don't want to think, I don't want to think about who has more than me, and what is being done to keep me down, right? That's just a not a productive way of thinking, right? Like, you know, where would I be during the, you know, during the Russian Revolution? I don't know where I would have been. I don't know what I, you know, like, I mean, in some ways, in some ways, you know, if, if there is an opportunity to overthrow the powers and to redistribute the wealth, right. That's an attractive opportunity for a lot of people, for the majority of people, for the masses of people. It's like, you know what, <laughs> if you have 90, I don't know what those, those percentage and ratios are, right. You have 99% of the wealth combined in 5% of the population, whatever those, whatever those percentages are um, like that, Yeah, for sure. That would be a a, a a very nice opportunity. However, so, so, you know, how that happened and are we in the, you know, are we in the a good society, the best society? What are the alternatives, communism, socialism? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I tend to think that, you know, or from my experiences, that the alternative is it decreases people's ambition, right? The more, hmm. You know, I do think that there should be some sort of base level of what's provided to people because, you know, because there's people who just can't necessarily provide for themselves um, or they have difficulty. But, but I think that, you know, motivation is a huge. And I'm not saying there are, are issues with capitalism, right? But I think that motivation is a, uh, is a big. It's a plus, right? Having motivation, having people, having you know, for myself, I I like being motivated. I want to be motivated. Um, and so, you know, is the, is the American dream dead? I mean, that was kind of the, the preface of, of, you know, the, the undercover billionaire. Um, and, you know, people might agree with him, might not agree with him. I say, you know, he's, he's special, he's unique, whatever. He had video cameras around him. And yeah, there were going to be lots of you know scenarios that not everybody has and, and everything. Um, but, and, and you, and, and anybody can point to one specific example. You can have, you know, a billion other examples when it failed. Um, but I think a large part, you know, and I, a large part of a person's success starts up here. It starts up here in the mind. And if a person, you know, really believes and doesn't give up and wants to be successful and and puts in the work, yes, you know, I don't want to say there's no guarantee that anything's going to happen. But I think that if a person gives up mentally, gives and says that it's not going to work, then then for sure it's not going to work. The only way, the only chance at having at having success is if mentally they believe they 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 believe that they are going to be successful, whatever the definition of success is. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I, I don't know if they, I, I, I definitely don't, I do not think the American dream is that. You call it an American mm. dream, call it a universal dream, whatever dream, I, I know. And yes, I, I, honestly, I don't know too much about international politics to say, uh, you know, is it possible in some countries where there might be a dictatorship to succeed? You know, I want to, I think that there is, there is, poss- there are possibilities and it might be very, very difficult and maybe it does include overthrowing the dictatorship. But I, I, I think that uh, you know. I guess, I guess you know. I, I don't know if this is you know in line with the American dream being dead or not. But but basically just. In that, there's always hope. There's always hope, no matter what, no matter what that that is, no matter how that hope looks like. There's always hope, whether it's on an individual basis and whether it's you know working really hard and working within the system, or maybe you know maybe it, it includes you know doing something, changing the system, right, changing the laws, um, or in some extreme scenarios, overthrowing the system, right, like as what happened in Russia, which I don't think was a good. I don't think it you know, turned out super well, um, in, in hindsight for sure. Um, or maybe, you know, in some countries like in, like in Libya where they overthrew the, you know, uh, Gaddafi and, uh, are they better situation? Maybe, maybe they're getting there. Um, so I think that, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to work hard and better myself and just trying to provide a, uh, a service to, you know, to the people. Um, and, I, and I'll bring it a, an interesting, you know, uh, you know, just note that for myself is kind of, uh, it's like hovering, hovering overhead also. Um, you know, in, in traditionally, like the, I, I'm Jewish and I'm, uh, I'm also observant, uh, you know, not as observant as some, more observant than others. Um, but, in in the in the Orthodox community, there's a there's a tendency to support the like uh, Trump, right? Uh, uh, President Trump, Donald Trump. He is he is he is, he did things for Israel that makes a lot of people in the Orthodox community support him. Um, hmm. And so, like like moving the embassy to Jerusalem. I'm not sure how familiar you are with with the details of what of what he did for hmm. Israel. Um, but uh, i don't know I, I i also you know look at things look at society from from the, the 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 perspective of what you know historically what has happened to the jewish people what what has happened to the jewish people and what could happen to the jewish people on, in certain scenarios under certain scenarios um you know whether or not somebody is you know religious or not religious and jewish um you know like you had what happened with hitler and he didn't care if person was religious or not religious. If they had one Jewish grandparent, they were considered Jewish enough for his purposes. Um, so you know, that's that's just kind of a you know an overarching, uh, I guess, uh, cloud a little bit that's kind of just hovering there and saying, okay, well, what? How does you know what is society going to look like? How how will how will these different movements, how will they, how will, how will the Jews be viewed? Will they be viewed as, you know, as an enemy um, on the one hand? Um, and so so anyway, so it's it's uh I think that you know, success is very um, you know, I'm, I don't
0: think the American dream is dead, uh, and uh, I'm working hard towards it.
1: <laughs> In <Yeah>. summary.
0: <laughs> and you actually kind of segued pretty well into kind of the other thing that I was gonna ask about which is like you you spent some time in Israel and so since we are kind of talking about uh society and culture a little bit in in a certain way how did your time in Israel sort of give a different perspective to how you view both cultures
1: so Israel is a um is an interesting place for myself my my purpose for going out there was really because I wanted to explore my roots as a Jewish person without the sort of black and white um, way that I feel Jews in the United States are. In the United States, there's a lot of either you're religious or you're not religious. There's kind of, within the Jewish community, there's like that that separation, so to speak. Um Yeah but in israel you have people who are you, know, you have the whole spectrum out there right i mean somebody out there basically is you know they're they they, they can feel they're, they're they're israeli um and they and there's you know and they can you know so obviously the majority of people out there are jews even though they have a you know a lot of a lot of other other nations other cultures out there as well but where so i feel like i could explore myself my judaism within that without having that pressure of trying to fit into one or the other, other sides, uh, the groups here in the United States. But so, and Israel has a, has a huge mix of, uh, uh, even within the Jewish population out there of people from all over the world. I mean, you have people from Iran, you have people from North Africa, you have people from Europe, you have people from, uh, America, United States, um, South America, uh, you, so you have, I mean, you just have a huge mix of people out there. And yes, there are going to be, uh, subcultures within that Israeli culture. So you know, obviously, you're going to have the different groups from different parts of the world sticking together because they have similar languages, similar foods, music, whatever it is, cultures. Um, but so, but, but the culture is also very much Middle Eastern. It's 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 large. It's very uh, in terms of it's a uh, it's a military culture. It's a hard culture. Hmm. Um, you know, so so you know, I mean, every, there's a mandatory draft uh, for the most part uh, for from, from both men and women. Um, usually the men uh, are, you know, go out there for, you go to join the military for three years, the women for two years. Uh, the women generally are not going to be in the, in the uh, you know, front lines fighting uh, units. Um, but but so, so it's very, on the one hand, they, they, they there's a name for Israelis, they call them, uh, uh, sabra which is a cactus which is like very prickly on the outside but very soft on the inside um Hmm. and so you know for me that that culture is very direct culture um different from what i was used to in the united states so uh you you know growing up you know if i was looking at somebody if i was staring at somebody for too long it would usually end up talking smack to each other and maybe even fighting, um, just the high school that I was mm. at. But over there in Israel, like there's a, you know, it's, there's a, uh, there's a long, hard stare. Like when somebody sees mm. you and, and you know, like they they're not, there's not a, uh, there's not that hesitation because it could be life or death. If they don't analyze you and they don't, uh, you know, make sure that you, that you're, that you're friendly, um, then if you, you know, then that could, that could be the end of them. So, so they, you know, they basically, they'll, you know, they'll size you up, they'll look at you, they'll, they'll size you up and they'll see based, based on, you know, based on, you know, if you're wearing, for example, if you're wearing a big heavy coat in the summertime, something looks funny, mm-hmm. right. Um, or, you know, you can see if somebody's, you know, if it's cold outside and they're sweating, right. Then something might, something might be off. You might be nervous about something. So there's a lot of that, that uh, directness, Um, and and the culture is very, uh, you know, very, very confrontational in some ways. Um, but so that, so that for me took a little bit of getting used to, but I think, I think, you know, for myself, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit easier because I have grown up overseas, spending, I spent time overseas in various countries. So for me, just seeing different cultures wasn't as shocking to me, um, as as for some people that I that I'd uh, that had that had, you know maybe gone out there um, and hadn't experienced being overseas at all before, um, so so I think you know yeah I, you know that, that's kind of my take on Israel coming back here. Um, I do you know after being there for a while, I really kind of appreciated. I I learned to appreciate the you know the softness a little bit of in the being in the United States and how people might be a little bit more polite you know and and not necessarily tell you what they think about you. Um, even if, you know, you know, because, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, what they're thinking isn't necessarily so polite. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll rethink if their thoughts are, uh, are appropriate here that I say, and they might, and so they'll, they'll, they'll try to work on their, uh, on their, on their character traits in that way. Um, but, uh, so you know, I think there's pluses and minuses in both in both societies. Uh, you know, on the one hand, in Israel, it's nice; it's kind of refreshing to get that you know directness and uh, you know, kind of know exactly you know the person. They're not hiding any of their feelings, whatever they're thinking. They're telling you what they're thinking. On the other hand, it's it can also be a little uh, stressful to you know to always mm-hmm. be always be confronting that on a on a on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And it's nice to kind of just be able to to uh, you know have people that are a little more chill
0: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely it does seem like i mean even just the the examples that you've given it, it is kind of interesting to to note because it's like a culture and a people that have not even just like personally individual on like they do have to kind of be paranoid in certain terms, but also kind of even genetically as a people like have to be watching their back because so many generations of them have been persecuted so, so strongly. And so it is kind of interesting that, that notion of like that kind of that hard stare that you mentioned is, is like, I don't know. It almost even sounds to me like a, a, a genetic paranoia, if you will, of like, look, we we've gotta watch our backs because it seems like everyone is out to get us. And if you look at history, it seems like everyone is out to get you, you know? Yeah. And so um I guess kind of comparing that to the United States to where it's like, since it's such a huge melting pot of people, um, there has it does seem like there's more openness, more willingness to kind of compromise and try different things because I mean, yeah, it's, you're less likely to just like be, it's just less dangerous obviously, but like, it's, it's also, um, it seems like opportunity seems to come by a little more readily in the United States. Is that kind of your perspective? Yeah. So, I mean, you brought up a couple of points right there. Um, you know, I think that,
1: uh, you know, in the in the United States, I mean there's I mean for for myself, right? And I and I can't speak for other people, other Jewish people or anybody else. Um but but for myself, there's I have a apprehension even from in certain, going certain places and wearing a yarmulke or a kippa on my head, looking Jewish, um, because I just there is there is in some places in some spaces some anti-Semitism underlying anti-Semitism. Now whether or not that's going to turn into something, whether or not that's going to act- actualize into something, you know, I mean, it 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 it, it does pop up once in a while. Um, you know, there's a shooting in New Jersey. I think we just had the, in just one year ago, the year anniversary in the supermarket over there. There are different scenarios, right? And not the Jews are the only ones that are targeted. I mean, there are a lot of minority communities that are targeted and can be targeted. Um, and, uh, but, so, but, but there is, there is that, you know, even here in the United States, right? That simmering or that underlying apprehension. Now, on the other hand, I, you know, I want to, I try I don't say a lot, I try to avoid those thoughts even but I don't I see everybody as part of the same human race and so you know when somebody can be targeted whether Jewish or not Jewish any 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 people that can be targeted based on some religion or nationality or race like I just really I don't want to understand that mentality I do not want to understand it um, and so I think there's a, I think there's a, a big, you know, I want to almost in some ways, I want to just take off my keeper, take off the yarmulke and just be, and just, you know, look like everybody else, which I think is kind of the, you know, the melting pot scenario, um, you know, but so on the one hand, you kind of want to just be like everybody else. But on the other hand, you know, it's also a place where you can, where somebody can be uh, comfortable and uh, and confident, at least theoretically. And I think, in many ways, more so than any other place in the world, with being unique, being different, having their own culture, having their own religion, having their own, you know, wherever wherever they come from, place in the world where they come from, um, and and be, and be okay with it, be proud of it. Um, and so it's kind of that here in the United States, that, that dichotomy between, you know, wanting to, and being able to be different and be unique. And and on the other
0: hand, uh, just kind of where you want to just kind of blend in and fit in with the, with the mainstream. So I guess kind of trying to tie it back a little bit, um, you, you had mentioned that You're, I guess you had mentioned that the, that there's some, like, you don't want opportunity or uh, ambition to go away, but uh, you want some sort of, like, some sort of not nothing (laughs) for for people who can't provide those means. Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, You know, honestly,
1: I'm I'm not. I'm not quite sure, right? So I used to be all for, you know, all for uh, just uh, anti-capitalist and pro-socialist back when I was in high school, Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know what that would look like, honestly. I don't know what it would look like in terms of, you know, the 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 whatever, you know. I think that I mean, the world is too rich for people to be starving, right? Like there's, there's, there's plenty of food to go around. Um, so I don't know how to, how to balance that with ambition. Like is ambition something that us as a society need to try and train people in, or is it something that's going to be inherent? Whereas, so where somebody wants to get things for free, that's on them. Like let them get it for free and not have the, you know, and then they're, you know, that's going to decrease the ambition. It is, you know, so so, or, so is it, is it up to me personally to say, you know what, I don't want to take anything for free. And because I know that that's going to help me to increase my ambition and just the, the discipline of having that increased ambition, it might just help me to go above and beyond where I would otherwise go. Whereas if I just, if, or if I accept a handout, right, then maybe that would decrease my ambition. And so that, 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 that sort of that muscle in the brain, I think discipline and success or sort of is going to be like a muscle in the brain where if you exercise it, then it's going to help. It's going to help further. I mean, it's going to help you go above and beyond where you would otherwise be able to get. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, I mean, we had, we had our, our share, you know, growing up, uh, you know, we were, we were on welfare. My mom was on food stamps. Uh, you know, there was, you know, we were, we, we struggled a lot financially. Um, And, you know, I mean, I have seven other siblings. And when we came to the States, um, you know, really didn't have, you know, we lived, we lived in a trailer park. We lived in a motor home. We were, you know, very, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was was tough. We were struggling a lot. Um, My mom didn't have a college education. My parents got divorced. My mother went back to school, back to college. And I was basically left on my own. When I was 17, I was living on my own, trying to, you know, trying to pay my own rent. Um, I had my my younger sister living with me, too. I was supporting her also for a little bit. Um, So, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't come from a place where things were handed to me at all. Um, but the, right now I, I I do think that there is going to be, you know, I do see for myself the benefit in, uh, you know, in, 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 in struggle a little bit and in having that and in exercising that motivation and that ambition. But on the other hand, like I said, you know, there's the world that the world is, is too, uh, there's there's no reason why anybody should be left in the dust as well, right? Like they're just mm-hmm. you know. But but how do you determine? How do we as as a society determine who to help and how much to help them, right? I mean, we want right. to we want to help people who need it. We don't want to help people who don't need it who just take an advantage. Um, so you know, do you leave it up to the individual? Because you know, I don't want to say inherently we're late People are lazy, but there's that you know. Uh, water flows to the place of lowest resistance you know so if somebody's handing something to you you know what take it right like who would who wouldn't take it it's hard not to take it you know it, very few people would say no i'm not going to take it because i want to work on my motivation because i want to work on my discipline because i want to work on on that muscle i'm not going to take it it's very few people would do that so you know mm-hmm. kind of as a society how do you how do you balance that um, i think is is probably you know a huge question and not not, not easily answered
0: Yeah. I think that's a a conversation that needs to be had more often. I I think that, I mean, more, more people my age, and you can really see it in social media a whole lot, which is like more people my age are being sort of pro-socialism, pro-communism. And I I guess for, for myself, like I'm kind of Pragmatically libertarian and ideally communist, if you will, uh, <laughs> and so it's like the the pragmatism is sort of like, well, I don't really trust government to take care of things in like if we look at the way government is handling things now, and then if we try and just apply it, apply these sort of socialism type ideas to the government that is already existing, I wouldn't really trust that to happen, and I feel like that's a, a conversation that isn't happening among people my age or amongst ourselves but then also kind of the other extreme is is that sort of more moral argument like you're saying is that like the united states and and just the world in general is is so wealthy that there's no reason why we couldn't no reason why anyone should be starving anyways and so it's like the the pragmatist in me is sort of like I look at the system and I don't trust it the way it is. And that's sort of what you had mentioned earlier as sort of like not wanting to look at what's sort of holding you down because it it sort of keeps you from achieving what you can rather than looking at all the things that you can't. But at the same time, it's like if if you are actually like – trying to go up a hill or something and something keeps pushing you down, you know, it, you can only keep trying to go up that hill so many times before you're like, all right, there must be something wrong here that it's not just me that I can't do this because it, it seems like everything else seems to be holding me down. And so I think that's kind of where a lot of the motivation comes from with, with, younger people sort of looking towards socialism as as a form of a solution because the we are sort of stopping to look around and be like there seems to be something more here than just like a lack of motivation and so when when we look at the system and go it's like why is it that millennials were all encouraged to go to college and then as soon as we're out of college there's no jobs for us and now we're like with this pile of crippling debt and we also like can't get a job in any field uh whatsoever and so it's like well we should have been looking at other things but it's not what our culture sort of encouraged us to do and sort of these these contradictions between culture and society and the systems that kind of brought us up seem to be the more that we inspect it, the the more that this veneer seems to be falling off. And it's like, well, it, it doesn't seem like this is working the way that we initially intended it to. And that's kind of the bigger part of where this conversation is coming from is that like the idea of the American dream and then at some point, like at what point does the... The self not have enough power per se to be able to uh, motivate their way out of it or uh, discipline their way out of it. and so it's like it is I feel like we're questioning the system a lot, and it's funny you had mentioned something else earlier too, which is like how a a rich parent might have a kid who's like, "Oh well, I'm good, I'm chill," and so it's like there's there's this pendulum swing that happens from generation to generation, which is like one generation is well off, and so they might have like lazy kids, and then or or the the sort of progressivism versus conservatism, maybe a uh, you know the the stereotype of like the uh, the child of the of the Christian pastor tends to be way rebellious and and you know does a whole bunch of bad stuff and sort of that pendulum swing of like I feel like maybe our generation was raised by people who who believe that like oh if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps you're gonna like do all right and you, you just have to be determined and motivated enough to to do these things but then we're kind of on the other side of that from like being raised from that point of view and then kind of seeing that like it doesn't seem like it's working anymore and so like i kind of ask about that because it is kind of like i guess at what point yeah does the the determination the discipline kind of go away and is there more to it so <laughs> sorry that's a long ramb- rambling yeah thing, no, that's cool yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's, it's it's helpful for me to you know I, I also want to know about you and you know, what, 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 you sure, know sure. what's going on um you know how you're thinking and stuff so it's uh i mean the way i think of uh you know the history of the world and the economy right i mean there you know i know that uh there are but there were and probably still are societies uh where things were a lot more communalistic, socialistic. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you know, you can go, you can go nowadays, you can say even some places in Europe, uh, you know, maybe there is a the free education, free, uh, medical uh, things like that, which is, you know, not communistic, but it's more so the socialistic, uh, on the spectrum. Uh, and then you can take it, you know, to some of the native American tribes, uh, where even though there was some sort of hierarchy, not that I know tons about it, but that things were very, you know, from my understanding, socialistic in nature, um, where it was kind of, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, people. I don't know. I don't know how much a person needed to be motivated in order to get food. I don't know. Um, you know, there was a family. There was the, but, but you know, my 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 thing on a you know on a big picture history economic history is that really money is simply a means of bartering. That's all it is. Right. Mm idea of, of cash the idea of money is you know where did it, where did it start from it started from you know you had George had corn and Jack had uh, whatever Jack had apples and they needed they needed each other's pro- produce so they would trade each other's produce okay I'll give you this much corn for this many apples and they would trade. And then you would add a third person into it. So they just were, they were just writing IOUs. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you this many, uh, I'll owe you this much, you know, because it's the—it's going to be a different season. So I'll owe you this much. And then, and, and so basically it's just, you know, it's just a way of bartering with each other, just a method of, mm-hmm. now, right nowadays, it's completely blown out of proportion and money is being <laughs> printed and anybody who, you know, you know, who thinks that money is valuable is going to be in for a big surprise, in my opinion. And and you know, different people that I that I've been hearing about. I mean, but money is really nothing right now. Money is just a piece of paper that has some value because people we place value inside of it. Um. So you know, the idea of motivation, you know, sort of reaching its limit. Um. I think that education and knowledge, the right knowledge, is is critical uh, because. You know, if, you know, it's not to, it's not to say that, you know, some sort of redistribution of wealth would never be in the picture, right? But it is to say that, that whoever is succeeding in this society, compare that to somebody who's not succeeding in the society. I'm not talking about somebody who's born with money, somebody, you know, compared to somebody who's not born with money. I'm saying if, take two people from the same economic or the same position where they're able to have the same experiences and one person succeeds and another person does not succeed it's only because of the the type of knowledge that person has and you could also store an ambition and motivation in there too um but you know i think that you know the the idea of you know I, so, so i i think that an ability to know how our monetary system works how it's working Right? How the you know the where who is funding? Who is saying that everybody should go to university and go to school and go into debt for fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, and come out of school with you know in, in some area that we really don't have the the, the marketable skills, or the economy is just doing just doing terrible, and so we're we're in this huge debt, and we have to pay this money back, and it can't be uh, let go in a, in a bankruptcy. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of information that we are being fed and that we we think is the right knowledge and the right information, but ultimately it's not really like yes, education, getting a degree, in my opinion, can be very good for confidence. The person, you know, they say, you know what, I'm gonna to go, to, I'm gonna be the first one in my family or whatever it is. I need to go to I'm gonna get this information. Education. All that information, all that education, can be gotten somewhere else. Right now, everything's available online. Somebody can buy, you know, oh, for yeah. the, the same for the <laughs> books. If you think about, if you think about the books that we bought in college and university, and how much we spent on those books versus how much we spent on the tuition for, you know, a twentieth of the price, I could have gotten those <laughs> same books, gotten pretty much the same education. For a fraction of the cost, if I was disciplined in reading those books, and if I knew that that was going to be sufficient, and I thought I didn't, need, I did not need this degree on my wall to get me a job afterwards. So there's, you know, there's definitely, you know, there's there there are, you know, mistakes or. You know there are things that are being fed, or whoever. You know there are there are things that people are doing in society for whoever. Whether it's because of a lack of information, whether it's because you have these marketers and the you know these 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 uh, you know all these lenders that are saying you know we're going to lend you money, we're going to lend you money. Whether it's the government, whether it's you know uh, you know private banks, whether whatever it is, and. And uh, you know, so they're benefiting, right? They're getting the interest off of the, you know, uh, off of the the loans that are being that are being let out. And meanwhile, there's a lot of people who are without jobs. You know, so I think that getting the right information and the right education again, it's not to say that redistribution is never, you know, never going to be in the picture. It should, should never be in the picture at some point. Um, but I do think that, you know, for myself, a huge, you know. A huge part of my motivation is trying to get the right education, the right information. How are things working? Who is trying to? You know, how do I think about money? I'm th- I need to think about money just in a way of of just using it as just paper, to paper a way, just a way to barter with somebody for something. So take whatever cash I have. It's not doing any good if cash is just sitting inside the bank. Right? It's not doing any good. It's just sitting there, and I'm it's, I'm not. I'm not bartering. I'm not getting anything of value really by by having it sit somewhere. And it's something that I'm trying to educate myself in, uh, but something that I hear a lot of uh, a lot of people who have figured this, who have made it sort of from nothing to something, they they're able to basically give people enough of something of value that people want to barter with them, want to trade them this almost valueless paper that we call money. They want to give it to them. And so they can take that money and they can give that money to something else that to them is more valuable than that cash. Um, so yeah, so I think I think that's, you know, for myself, that, and, and whether or not it's a socialistic society or a communistic society or a capitalistic society, I think that's not going to go away. The idea of bartering and trading, maybe, you know, the type of money, maybe the amount of you know, amount of goods that are going to be distributed to people, uh, you know, without having to, worry. you know, it could be changed, would be changed, um, but just the idea of bartering seems so, you know, it's in every society, you know, the ones that I mentioned, whether it's in Europe or the, or, or, the, or the, you know, the the Native American tribes. I mean, I, I imagine there was there was some aspect. Of trading services, trading goods—you know—you have uh, just the husband goes out hunting and the wife is cooking, for example, right? In the stereotypical scenario, that's a form of bartering, right? I mean, he's doing what he can do, she's doing what she can do, and they're coming together for the better of the whole of the group. Um, so obviously, you know, things can be taken way out of you know, out of out of mm-hmm. proportion, and, and, and you know, from from the small small family picture um but i think at the core at the essence of it the right knowledge and the right frame of mind of understanding what exactly money is 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 critical no matter what society a person is going to be living in
0: yeah definitely and honestly that's a that's something that keeps coming up in the podcast is about like how do we make the world a better place and with a lot of the questions that i tend to ask it it always does kind of come back down to education if, if we know a little bit more of what we're doing and how we're doing and how to, that affects the people around us and then the other part is that I think that going back even to the very first thing is that like whenever you you said like oh well how do you measure success and so it's like do you measure it by at least in America it seems like people measure it by money but at least in the sort of different cultural point of view might be like, well, I value my family and I value relationships with people and I value uh, being able to be at home and eat the food that I want to or be content doing the things that I want to be doing. And that's a sort of value that you may not necessarily get just from hoarding a whole bunch of money and the, the, And there's a whole lot of like information showing that like there's a there's a threshold after which a certain person's uh, income that like they're not any happier after that certain point. And so it's like so at at that point, it's sort of proving that like money isn't what is going to make you any happier. It's not what's going to make your life any more fulfilled. It is the sort of human things that are actually going to provide the, the actual wealth in your life. And so uh, kind of like what you're saying is like, whether it be a capitalistic or socialistic society or whatever it might be, there's still going to be those human interactions with people. There's still going to be, you know, relationships and uh, children and generations coming after that. And however we decide to go into the future, um, It may or may not include, I don't know, having – I find the notion of having money and selling money for money in return or something like this, like this just distribution of wealth in in this system that we've sort of created that is kind of a a snake eating its own tail is like – it's getting really distant and far away from the things that actually make us – Human and happy and fulfilled, and whatever success might mean to anyone, it does kind of eventually come back down to like the thing that on your deathbed you're going to be like, This is what I wish I had done more of, or I'm glad that I got to spend time with my kids or spend time with my wife, or whatever that may be for you, and that like by the end of it, the money. Won't matter, <laughs> right? One hundred percent. And then I think, you know, the 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 people that the
1: successful people that I like to learn from are definitely those that you know are those that say that it's you know it's definitely not the money that makes them happy. It's only what they can do with the money, and so so meaning they. They, they like to be able to spend free time with the family. They like to be able to go on mm-hmm. vacation. They like to be able to provide for the family a nice house and their kids can get a nice yard. Um, you know, so, they, there's not, so it's definitely not the money. And that kind of goes along with what you were just saying right there, not keeping the money sitting inside the bank. But as you also mentioned, there's this whole, you know, society culture where, you know, whether just the idea of the distribution of money, and the, or just the idea of money making money, and you know, being able and you know, being able to lend out eight times as much money as you're holding for somebody. Um, just the you know, there's a the whole culture of, of of what this money, of what money is, and how money should be used in the finance world. That is really uh, not, you know, it, it's it's not really. It's very far removed from the original mind, from from the original purpose of money is just a bartering tool, a system, bartering system. Um, At the same time, I think there's also a very, you know, it's a lot more difficult kind of bringing bringing things back around to what we spoke about, uh, you know, towards the beginning, that somebody who doesn't necessarily have the education or the means or the, the family connections of people who have already learned about this stuff and experienced this stuff. And, and they know the right type of, you know, they know what money is. They know how to think about money, whether it's culturally, they didn't grow up with it, whether it's because, you know, they didn't get the right education or any education about it. Um, I think that there's a, uh that, you know, that those people are definitely going to be at a disadvantage um, and they're going to have a lot, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to uh, work a lot harder, and the you know they're going to be less likely to probably figure the stuff out if they don't have the right mentors around them, the right people around them, the right education, and also be, if they're busy working, right? If they're busy, they don't have the same time to be looking at this other stuff. Um, so, I definitely think that they would be at a disadvantage, uh, you know. But but I but I, I I still think that there's a you know that anybody who, you know, listens to your podcast, let's say, you know, about the stuff you're talking about mm-hmm. or that, you know, that come across it. I think that, you know, I think that there's a lot of, I don't think it's impossible for anybody. I don't think it's possible for anybody to get their proper education and to reject those things that are uh, not, you know, that are just noise. There's a lot of noise out there, you know? And, and you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that I, that I, that I follow, um, some some of my mentors they say that you know getting a university education is noise they say it's not worth it um i i i, I got an educa- a university. i got an education and i'm still paying for it um but i i do think there's probably a lot of truth to that for a lot of people a lot of people are going be- to university because that's what they think they're supposed to do, and because it's supposed to provide them with opportunities, and it might do that in some ways for a lot of people. But is that worth the trade-off of the debt, long-term debt, uh, the time spent in it, et cetera? Um, I don't know. But so I think that that people, uh, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's out of reach for anybody. Um, but even though there are going to be you know people who have it provided to them more easily and they might be more likely to to get it.
0: Sure. Yeah. One last thing. What is a book or movie or documentary or TV show or just one thing of media that you are really into that you think other people should get to know? Um
1: you know, I'm going to say what I'm, you know, what I most recently uh have been looking at because that's going to be the thing that's most prominent in my mind um, i mean just the uh, the undercover undercover billionaire uh, that show was is pretty you know for myself that's that's nice to see it's motivating because i see you know how somebody can do it from from ba- really literally from nothing and the, the main part of it for me was having the right idea go from nothing to Building the team together, and I think that team is the critical component, and being able to build something out of nothing. Literally, this guy was—he was sitting inside of his truck. He was throwing up. He was thinking about quitting, um, and you know, he got the flu, sleeping, and so there's just so many things. But, but, uh, but to see that it was that it was possible for him to do was uh, that, that that's pretty impactful for me and motivating for me, just in terms of the technical, technically thinking about how. To go about doing something right, he wasn't thinking about. I want to be. I want to have a business for me. I want to be the owner of a business, and I'm going to hire people. People were they, these people were working for free. They had no idea who he was. They built a team around an idea. They were all working, putting in their own sweat equity, because they believed they had. A, they 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 built a relationship with him, and they believed in, in the idea that he really was bringing it to fruition. Um, so so for me that was that was that 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 was very impactful that's the most impactful thing recently on my mind i've got a you know a shelf full of books over here that you know that i that, I, that i've that i been looking at one book i'm reading right now which is kind of interesting um is napoleon uh napoleon mm-hmm. bonaparte the uh the french uh i came around during the revolution he also came from from nothing he was a. Uh, he was a minority in France. He was, he was, he was part of the outcast society. Um, and he really built him, built, built his way, you know, built his way up. Um, and, and I imagine there's going to be a lot of people in Europe, uh, and probably also in France too, that, uh, have negative feelings about him. I, you know, I grew up, you know, thinking about him as a, as like a, an amazing person, like somebody who really brought about, they like, changed the society in France from being feudalistic, from being where there was a king with different classes, to really introducing and bringing the auto he introduced it, but the was kind of what the revolution did, and he was supporting it for a while, at least, the idea that everybody's equal, um, you know, Jews were emancipated in whatever, whatever countries that he would you know, conquer, he would basically, for the most part, say that the Jews, allow the Jews to be equal in society and to uh, engage in the different types of businesses as anybody else would. Um, but he did that for all minorities. He did that for anybody. So he was really, you know, at, at minorities or non-minorities, just people who were different different class systems. So that was really what he was pushing. And I think that that was, you know, yeah, it's an interesting book. Right now I'm reading towards the end of it when he started uh, started getting defeated. But I think his ideas caught on and still live on today in many parts of the world um the idea of of equality um and uh anyway so it's an interesting book uh the, it's a long book it's like i don't know 700 pages or something uh, which i usually don't read that long book that, that, you know, that length books um but uh and i don't want to read also i'm like i found myself kind of not as interested in reading about his demise as i was about when he was having you know, a lot of successes, um, which I guess it's going to be, you know, going to be natural. But uh, I'm even thinking about not finishing the book just because I want to stay positive. I want to stay with the uh, growth <laughs> mindset. Um, but uh, anyways, that's kind of couple of couple of things. One book on the book end, one sure. on the, the video TV end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I I will sort of encourage that, like you know, just being on the the positive end, you also do want to acknowledge that like, hey, there were some factors that contributed to his demise. Right. So like, right. it's probably very important that if you are going to sort of model something right. after this person, you you might want to know what sort of mistakes were made. Staying <laughs> being realistic. And you know, it's interesting you point that out. Um, and I was thinking about
1: that. What exactly, where was his mistake? And, you know, you can see practically his, you know, at the, what point did he, did, he, did he lose the first battle, really? And that was when he went into Moscow, when he started going into Russia and uh, sort of started, started started attacking, uh, attacked the Russians over there. Didn't the Russians, whatever, the, whatever was going on, there was some disagreement. And so at a certain point, and I think it can happen with a lot of people in any place in the world, under any society, under any, type of success that they might be achieving they feel like they are beyond failure that they, they just, they just mm-hmm. can't fail that they've seen so much success and that's when i think they can make mistakes uh is when they sure. just sort of start getting arrogant and start uh making you know so i think staying humble um and staying you know remembering your roots really um and uh, and that might be one of the uh the Disadvantages in growing up with means is that you don't really, you don't, you know, you think that maybe you know that that success is coming to you. That uh, you know the idea that you know you and your family are somehow better. That's why you guys were. That's why you grew. That's why you were born into a family that would that had a lot of means um, can make you can can cause somebody to make mistakes. Um, and yeah. uh, so, anyways, so. Definitely, uh, point taken, agreed that uh, <laughs> looking at what causes somebody's uh, downfall is, is very important to hopefully
0: not make those similar mistakes. Sure. So, yeah, awesome. Thank you for doing this with me. Where can we find you and your things? Um, so... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm most active
1: on Facebook, uh, Michael Wander. Um, you can find me on, on Instagram, YouTube. Actually, I'm putting out these YouTube videos. It's kind of my, my, uh, my, my go-to place for creating these, these content, these videos where hopefully I'm trying to, Contribute to society somehow and educate people in whatever way that I know I'm able to educate them about uh, in the current society we're living in in this capitalist society. Uh, who knows how long it's going to be around for? But for right now, uh, <laughs> being able to be, being able to to help people to not pay as much taxes uh, and not, not not pay too much taxes um, and uh, and just be able to. You know, sort of bring whatever service and opportunities they have, whatever product or service that they have and they want to contribute to the world to help them to do that in a way that's, uh, you know, going to keep them out of trouble with the law and to keep them, you know, not paying too many taxes and to also ideally... Uh, try and help them grow it. The uh, internet is amazing. Social media is amazing. So basically, YouTube, you could find me, Michael Wander, CPA, M I C H A E L W A N D E R, Michael Wander, CPA. Um,
0: and uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm Santiago Ramones. And I am Michael Wander. Thank you, Santiago. Yeah. You can find everything that I do on my website, santiagoramones.com. I make music. Bloom is available now, streaming everywhere. Put it on in the background or show it to your friends so you can all enjoy it together. You can also buy it on Bandcamp and get bonus content so you can sit alone in the dark with your headphones on and listen to the album in its entirety while reading and looking at the bonus content. I also make music with PowerCycle, an experimental electronic trio. Our first completely improvised album, Too Many Damn Cables, is streaming everywhere. To support this podcast, leave reviews, comments, tell your friends about it, and buy my music. Because by supporting me, you're supporting the podcast. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are, love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong,